We're living in a day and time. We're being politically correct. It's popular. Let me turn that around again. We're living in a day and time where everybody's saying the name of God. But nobody wants to say the name of Jesus. We don't want to offend the Muslims. We don't want to offend the Jews. We don't want to offend the Arabs. And so therefore we crucify him of flesh. But I want you to know that there will come a time when every Muslim, when every Buddhist, when every Jew will have to get down on their knees and have to confess that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. So I want every blood-washed believer to not wait until then. And if you've ever gone through something, you know right here Tell us. that there's something about the name. Something, yeah. something about the name Jesus. Something about the name. Something about the name Jesus. It's the sweetest name. Yeah. It is the sweetest name. Sweetest name I know. I know. And I love that name. Oh, how I love Is the sweetest name I just really wanted you all to hear that. I don't care how many times I hear that song, it just sends chills up and down my spine because it is so very true. It is the name of Jesus that separates Christianity from the rest. Not just the name, but what he actually represented, who he actually was. And it's so funny because Kurt, he starts off telling us that, you know, we want to be so politically correct that nobody wants to say that the Muslims is wrong, that the Buddhist is wrong, because everybody wants to be so politically correct. They don't want to offend anybody. So then we go around with this whole thing where we're really crucifying Christ of flesh over and over and over again. Because like we talked about Sunday, sometimes silence is the worst tongue. Because when you're silent, it often means that you are in agreement with. Sometimes when you're silent and you don't speak up, you are actually doing more harm by being silent because you are withholding truth from people. And I know the fact that, you know, Christians say Christianity is the only way that is perceived to be so very, very arrogant. But when you really, really look at it, it is not an arrogant statement because the bottom line is, do we believe this or not? Because if you believe in the Bible, then you understand, you embrace, and you have accepted that the only way to God is through Jesus. That's it. And But the funny thing about it is, if you can look 
and you can look at all of the doctrines and the beliefs of other religions. And I put this on the website just for your sake. If you go to the website now, if you go to our website, you'll be able to click on the Bible study tab. When you pick on, click on the Bible study tab, you'll be able to see the top five religions and how they compare to each other side by side in regards to their beliefs, um, the leader, all of that is all side by side. None of them agree, but, and all of them believe that their way is the only way. But something about when Christians say that we are the only way, it becomes a problem, which is really compelling to me, but then at the same time is not because just the name Jesus disrupts the atmosphere. That's the only name that you can call on that can upset an atmosphere. And it's because Jesus was God in human flesh. The Bible tells us that at his name, demons tremble. And if you want to get somebody really upset or want to know what side of the fence they're on, it's two things you can say. Start talking about Jesus or start pleading the blood. I promise you demons lose their mind. It's a, it's a known fact. But we're going to talk more today about how we know that Christianity is the only way. Before we started, I was talking to Michelle and, and we always have a, a little bit of conversation going back and forth. But I was talking to her, you know, sometimes in church, I think church can sometimes be a hindrance where because they don't break it down common term in common terms enough for us to really grasp exactly what we're saying. The bottom line is this. If you believe that Jesus walked the earth, you have to believe one of three things. Either Jesus was a liar, he was a lunatic, or he was truly Lord God himself. But he cannot be all three of those things. So you got to make up in your mind. Now, if he was telling the truth, if you believe that he was telling the truth, he said that I am the way, the truth and the light, that no one comes to my father who is God, unless they come through me, which meaning when they say come, when he says come through me, that means believe in who I am, accept who I am, believe in what I am saying. Because you have religions that um, the Jews, the Muslims, they all believe that Jesus was just a good prophet, a good teacher. Well, I don't know how many good teachers you know, but I don't consider a good teacher a liar. And the bottom line is the things that he taught on and the things that he said, either they were true or they weren't. And if they weren't true, then he was not a good teacher. So again, you have to either believe that he was a liar, a lunatic, or truly Lord God himself. One of the three. You cannot believe all three. Now, why is it so important that we as Christians know that we have the only way? Because we were charged to actually spread the gospel. Well, it's kind of hard to sell something if you don't believe it. It's kind of hard to sell something if you don't know how it works. 
You can't sell a vacuum cleaner if you don't even know how, where the on switch is. So in order for us to do what we have been called to do, which is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have to know how it works. We have to believe in what we're selling. Everybody, is everybody with me? I'm hearing y'all get real quiet out there. And this is why it's so important that you study the word of God in your own time. Because you cannot just count on getting what you need in 45 minutes to an hour on Sundays and 45 minutes to an hour on Wednesdays. I, I would love for everybody to get to the point where the word of God, the Bible, Christianity, your faith intrigues you so much that you start looking for answers, which is why the Bible tells us study to show thyself approved. Now, if you notice, it doesn't say study the Bible. It does not even say study the word of God to show thyself approved. The, it says study. That means all that is accessible to you, study. See, God is not a, a, afraid of us going outside of the Bible because he has created himself and made things so available to us and he shows up in every aspect of creation that he wants you to go out and explore. And it all it will all point back to him. My grandmother used to have a saying that a lie will run all around town, but the truth will stand still and wait to be heard. And I believe that is what how God is looking at it when he says study. Because even going to um, study Christianity in college, they take you, it's very little bit of studying that you do of the Bible. They take you all through archaeological history. Then they take you through history of the people in biblical times, the, the traditions, the customs, the all of that you go through. And as you go through that and you start peeling back layers, the Bible itself becomes so much more clear to you. And it, it tends to make sense. Like me and Michelle were talking earlier, we, we have to be able to take God's word and just add our common sense to it in order to sell it. And think about it, Christianity being the only way, again, back to Jesus, because if it without Jesus, which is another reason why Christianity is the only, we believe Christianity is the only way, because Jesus is the only founder of any religion that if you remove him, the whole doctrine and belief system falls. You can move Muhammad out of Muslim, out of Islam. The belief system and the doctrine is still intact. You can remove Confucius from Buddhism. The belief system and the doctrine is still intact. You can do that with any other religion. But if you move Jesus out of Christianity, there is no doctrine. There is no belief system. It all rests on him. When you think about it, that makes more sense when you think about who God is. Because you see, God is not the author of confusion. 
So just think about it. You know, you have people that um, want to push this whole concept of Unitarianism, where all roads lead to God. That's a blatant lie. And Satan is selling it and people are buying it. All roads do not lead to God. There's one train at the station. There's only one train that's going to get you to heaven. That's it. Get on any other train. I don't know where you're going to end up at, but it won't be in eternity with God. That I can assure you. Because again, if God said that I am the way, the only way, I am the way, the truth, and the light, no one gets to the Father except through me. That's it. Now, he, do what you want to do. The, at the end of the day, the choice is yours. But I'm telling you, I'm the train. I'm the conductor that's going to take you to God. That is essentially what Jesus is saying. That I am the conductor that's going to take you to God. And then Peter says in Acts 4 and 12, and I love the way the Amplified Bible says it. It, it says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no under no other name under the heavens that has been given among people by which we must be saved. For God has provided the world with no alternative for salvation. The only thing on the menu, on the salvation menu, is Jesus. Y'all are quiet out there. Everybody's quiet. I know I cannot be that mind-blowing already in the company, already <laughs> today. Now, if Jesus isn't the only way, then he's not an option. Because the Bible says that Jesus said to them, I am the way, not a way. I'm not one of the options. I am the way, the only way. There is not even another religion that is blasphemous enough or even crooked enough to say that. There's no other religious leader that has ever proclaimed to be God but Jesus. Muhammad never claimed to be God. Confucius never claimed to be God. Buddha never claimed to be God. There is no other religion where the leader himself proclaimed to be God. So again, we're back to the options. You have to believe either Jesus was a liar, a lunatic, or Lord God himself. Another reason why we know that Christianity is the only way, Christianity is the only religion that offers any form of atonement for our sin. Every other religion tells you, you got to spin around three times, jump up here, you got to do this, you got to do that. Christianity doesn't say that. Your sins are forgiven. You are welcome into the kingdom of God just by your belief and your confession with your mouth. In other words, you can never do enough good to be worthy of the kingdom of God. So God extended it to you through grace. The only hook is you have to believe that, that God loved you enough that he sent Jesus himself clothed in flesh to walk the earth and to be an example on how 
to live. You have to believe that God is that loving. Everybody wants to talk about, well, religion is, you know, it's every, it's all more than one way to heaven. You know, it's all about love. You absolutely right. And none of those other religions can show you a love deeper than God showed by clothing himself in flesh and sacrificing himself on the cross and rising from the dead three days later. That is the ultimate display of love because love is wrapped around sacrifice. There's no other religion, religious leader that has ever made that kind of sacrifice for the people. And there sure isn't another religious leader that got up from the grave. Now, if you think about it, Jesus was crucified because allegedly his blasphemous declaration. They understood that Jesus was proclaiming to be God. That is why he was crucified. Now, people will do a whole lot of things for attention, a whole lot of things for fame and, and glory and all that. I don't know too many people that's going to die for a lie. See, because usually when you start to wind people up, you get ready to, that's, they start telling the truth. Nobody is going to go through the kind of torture that Jesus went through on that cross for a lie. And the end all and the do all is God confirmed it when he raised him from the dead and allowed him to walk amongst the people and be a, and 500 or more people witnessed his physical body walking and sitting down and eating which was just showing life that he was back to his original human state only god can do that no other religion displays the kind of miracles that have been outlined in the Bible and witnessed by Christians even in today's light. Do we have any questions from anybody out there? This is supposed to be a discussion, you all. And y'all always leave it on me. There's no right or wrong question. But if you have a question, please let me ask it. Hello? Y'all gonna be stay quiet out there? Now, you have some that say that um, religion is solely based on your culture and where you were raised and where you were born. And we have got to get past ourselves. <laughs> the biggest problem that humanity has is that we can't get past self long enough to understand that none of this is about us. None of it. Your life don't belong to you. You were not created for you. And religion is not for you. Religion is about atoning back to God, realigning back to God. It's not about us, which is another one of my favorite songs by Noel Jones. It's not about us, but we're so stuck on, it's all about love. And it's all about where you come from and what you believe and what you're comfortable with. Really? No, that is not the kind of... Think about if God was that type of God where he just switched things, okay, 
Diane's not comfortable with that, so I'm gonna take that out. But Michelle liked that, so we just gonna do that on Monday and Tuesdays. Um, Carolyn, she don't like that at all. So, um, oh God, but Debbie likes that. So we'll just do that on, we would have a schizophrenic mess. And again, God is not the author of confusion. So he has put standards in place. And then he told you that I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. My word changes not. He knew we would change. He knew trends would change. He, would knew, he knew what would be popular would change consistently. We're the schizophrenic ones. He's fine. What was cool yesterday ain't cool today. What was the style last week is not the style this week. The hot person, you know, the popular person or the celebrity, they was hot last week. They not hot no more. I mean, we changed, we got, what, five, six different social media platforms now. Now the, 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 the younger kids are saying Facebook is for old people. Most of us like me don't know nothing about TikTok, but that's the hot thing. Just think about it. We're the schizophrenic one. God has been consistent. If you look at some of the other religions, uh, you have some that um, they say, well, as we see the light, we walk therein. So they're constantly changing stuff, even in their belief, in their doctrine. And I'm like, now I know I could not possibly join up with y'all because I'm not going to get used to this is how it was. And then all of a sudden, no, we don't do that no more. What? Christianity is the one faith that has been consistent since the end of time. Whether you like it or not, the Ten Commandments is not going to change. The wrath of God regarding the Ten Commandments is not going to change. You ain't got to like it. This used to be, a, my dad, he was a character, Diane, Diana, witness to that. Real character. Old folks used to say, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And my dad preached a sermon. God is not waiting for your approval. God said it, and that settles it. Whether you believe it is up to you. But that don't keep it from being unsettled. The same thing with the culture and you being raised in a different country. And of course, that does have... Uh, influence on how you were raised, the religion that you, but that does not change the truth of God. Just because you were raised to be Muslim, that don't validate Islam. It does not. And a lot of Islamic people have become Christians when they heard the truth. And that's why the Bible tells us when you hear truth, you turn, you turn to the truth. And you let the truth guide and direct your path. It does not matter where you came from. And we get so caught up in, well, this is how I was raised. Okay, and if it was wrong, now what? You, you just going to ride it out? Just ride that train on to wherever? We're not willing enough to deny ourselves, to change, to actually research and look at why Christianity is the only way. And Jesus warned us that there would be false prophets and, and people that would be, you know, that would be claimed to be false gods even. And the best way to guard yourself against these false teachings is 
to know the truth, to understand the truth. Once you understand the truth, you will be able to pick out untruth like that. But it's when you don't know that someone can get up and because they sound good, their, their audible voice is just soothing. You fall into what they're saying without dissecting really the words, which we learned on Sunday that words are very powerful. And again, if we're going to say that we believe in something Walk it out. I watched last night. I don't know how many of you got a chance to watch it. Um, Oprah did a tribute to John Lewis. And I remember thinking as I was watching it, I was like, wow. And they went all the way back to when he was 15, 16 years old and the different things that he fought for and stood up for and, and how he was beaten and, and tortured and all kinds of things. And he would not waver. He would not waver. He was determined that he was going to fight. He was going to use his life to fight against injustice. And that's what we, we have to be that committed to our faith because we are talking about God, the creator of all things, the one who hung the moon and the stars. I don't think sometimes we appreciate the magnitude of who it is that we are worshiping. I don't care what you have accomplished. If y'all listen to this morning's um, Good Morning Truth, I don't care what you have accomplished. I don't care what your bank account looks like. It's all because God. That's it. You could not do anything without him. And it's not because you're so good and you're so deserving. It's because he is so gracious and that he loves you enough to keep extending you favor as you keep trying to get it right. You keep violating his commands, disobeying his word, going left when he tells you to go right associating with this one when he tells you that's no good. But he keeps extending to us favor. I am so glad that he's not fair. I don't want God to ever treat me with fairness. Because see, if he ever start to be fair, we could not survive. Because if he ever starts to be fair in regards to our sins, he would not extend to us. We would not be deserving of his mercy. If he starts to be fair in regards to our disobedience, he would never extend to us grace. If he decides to be fair in regards to our praise, he would not even extend to us his love because none of that are we deserving of. That's another reason why Christianity is the only way. There's no other reason, no other religion that offers grace, mercy, salvation. No other religion even discusses it. The biggest thing they can talk about is love, but they can't even reach the depth of the love that Christianity reaches again because of 
Jesus. Now, I know somebody has to have a question by now. Nobody? A comment? Anything? Let me know you alive out there. Hello? Michelle, nothing? Hello? Okay, I'm going to keep on going. Again, I encourage you all to even study some of the other religions so you can understand. That was one of, a big part of um, going to school and studying um, apologetics is we had to study other religions. Um, in order to walk in such conviction and belief, one must be equipped with truth because false doctrine is never going to end. There's always going to be false religions because the devil is always going to be there. Now, there are biblical standards set and we should know what those standards are. There are so many quote-unquote religious sects under the umbrella of Christianity. We want to accept that, uh, well, if they believe in Jesus, it's not about if they believe in Jesus. It's about what they believe about Jesus. Which is, again, why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. It's not about what you believe, if you believe that he existed. That's historical. You can read non-biblical literature that confirms that he walked the earth. That you can you can read that along with the stories of Cleopatra and all that. You can that is not an argument, but it's what you believe. Do you believe that he is God in flesh? Do you believe that he was born of a virgin? Do you believe that he lived a sinless life? Do you believe that he himself proclaimed to be God and that for that he was willing to, he did die for and that God resurrected his physical body from the dead? Because now you have some that believe all of that up until the resurrection. And they want to say, well, um, he didn't physically rise from the dead. His spirit got up. And if you study your Bible, you all know, does anybody know the absolute proof that's in the Bible that indicates that he physically rose from the dead? Anybody? Somebody. What the, Thomas was the first one that actually made it very clear because Thomas did not believe when the disciples told him that Jesus was risen from the dead. He said, I won't believe it until I see the nail scars in his hand and hit the piercing in his side. So when Jesus came back around to them after visiting others and making them witnesses to his resurrection, he came back around and Thomas was there. And being the God that he is, he already knew without anybody telling him Thomas's thoughts. And he invited Thomas to come to him and to put his hand in his on his side so that he could actually not just feel the flesh of his side, but he could feel the wound of the piercing that he endured on that cross. 
Now, I don't know about you. I, I've never been able to physically put my hand on a spirit, nor have I ever been able to see the flesh of a spirit. So that's the, the absolute proof that we have that he physically rose from the dead. These are the things that as Christians, we are obligated to equip ourselves with this kind of information because people are lost out there and we are supposed to be the light unto their feet. We can't be light if we don't have the matches to light the candle. We have to know these kind of things. So when somebody comes to us and they're talking about religion, they're asking questions, or they're even trying to convince us to come to this, we need to know what to say because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And because we have not equipped ourselves, we cannot speak life to anyone. We cannot save their life. We cannot save them from hell because we fell asleep on our job and did not study our word so that we could be able to regurgitate and bring them over to the side of light and give their eternal life an opportunity to be with God. Does anybody have any questions? If not, I'm going to close out. I want somebody to ask one question, just one question. Nobody. Come on. Michelle, you don't have an A question. Diane, Carol, somebody. Nobody. Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, I, uh, I'm i trusting. Hello? Yes. Hi, I don't have a question. I just want to make a comment about when you said what you say, our religion. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's Carol. I think that's a good thing uh, because uh, when I was going to a certain church a few years ago, you know, sometimes in, in churches when the pastors had their own opinion about you going from church to church, but I grew up Baptist, but my brother and my sister-in-law are Jehovah's Witness. So I've attended Kingdom Hall with, with them before. And I noticed the difference in the way they preach the word, you know, mm -hmm. the word, uh, because uh, in the Baptist church, you don't hear a lot about um, the church witness, you know, kind of God, uh, guiding young girls as to, you know, be young women and respect themselves. But they, in the um, Kingdom Hall Church that I went to, they spoke highly of that. And I thought that was amazing because I'm like, hmm, I wonder why you don't hear about that in Baptist Church, you know, because I can't tell you exactly what uh, scripture it was, but you know, you know, you spoke the truth about it like a temple. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they, they spoke highly of that, you know, for young girls because mm -hmm. you know, you see so many teen pregnancies and, and you know, uh, babies out of wedlock and all that. And that, that just, you know, filled my heart, you know, that they, they did that. But, you know, they got, they have a whole lot of other things that. And I'm glad you made that point, Carol, because let me explain something to you. There are a whole lot of religions that get a lot of things right. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot of religions that we 
as church, especially, I hate to say it, black churches. It's a whole lot of stuff that we can learn from different religions. But when it comes yeah. down to the doctrine, and let me tell you something, because it's only two sides to this coin. I had my Dolores dying laughing the other day. It's only two sides to this coin. It's either God's way or Satan's way. There's, there's no middle. When it comes to a coin, you, you, you've never seen anybody be able to split open a coin. There's no middle. You got to choose. So now all of these other religions that are not in agreement with Christianity and the belief who Jesus was, they're, 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 they're demonic. They're, they're meant to mislead you. That's what it is. I'm not going to say it. But at the same time, they have some things about them that are appealing. See, this is what the what we don't we tend to miss. The devil is always going to create something that's appealing because if he didn't, he wouldn't be able to draw us. You know what I mean? Like if 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 God, if I know you like chocolate, that's what I'm going to tempt you with. Chocolate. I don't eat coconut. So you can bring a coconut cake over here and leave it over here for days. I'm not touching it. I don't like it. So what I'm saying is even in the, the goodness of things you see, which I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, you should always, you know, give credit where credit is due because you need to learn from it. And I think that's where we go wrong a lot of times is because they don't teach exactly what we teach. We want to shut everything down. I'm not saying that that's where you're supposed to go worship because their doctrine is incorrect. But we can learn something from everybody or anybody. And we should do that. And um, it was so crazy because I used to be um, the youth teacher for in Savannah at my church. And the things that we did, I mean, me and my pastor, we would go head to head because I was off the chain radical when it came to teaching these kids because they're getting the answers in the street. Do you, you either we give it to them straight and uncut or you get it, let them get it in the street. So um, if you ever, ever get a chance, there is a, um, a spoken word website that is all Christians and they're all young college age kids and they do all of this poetry and spoken word and, um, and all with Christianity based. And this girl that's on there, Jackie Hill, oh my God, just absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. And um, she was out there, you know, she was one of the ones that was molested ever since she was eight, nine years old. And, you know, men had abused her so bad till, of course, she crossed over into that other lifestyle. And so for a while, she was living a life as a stud. And then she was introduced to Christ and she turned her life around and she started doing spoken word. And I'm telling you, I am telling you. That girl, when she gives that spoken word, my life as a stud, you can see other women that are living that lifestyle in the audience. They're standing up and they're so attentive because she has reached them where they are with the word. Preaching absolutely nothing but the word. And my idea, I was like, okay, I need to show this in our Bible study with our kids because they were asking questions about homosexuality every week. I don't care what topic we was on, somehow we ended up back at the question of sex and homosexuality. 
and the, and I realized because this is something that they deal with on a daily basis in school, whether we want to accept it or not. So now you have a platform, you can either deal with it or not. Well, my pastor, she's like, she read, she watched the video of her talking about her life as a stud and you know what it means to turn your life around in Christ in regards to all of that. Da da da. da. She's like, Deb, that's kind of harsh. I said, Pastor Joyce, I promise you, nothing she is saying is new to these teens. I promise you that. And she finally let me show it to them. And when I tell you they got it, see, and another thing, I think they got it because here was somebody closer to their age that was saying it, that had went through it, that knew both sides of it. So what I'm saying is we can learn from anybody and we can use tools from anybody. And there are some, and I mean, like I look at the Muslims, there's some things that they get absolutely right. It don't make them right, but they're doing some things absolutely right. And we need to learn how to incorporate all of that. I think where we get off the beaten path is, and especially with black churches, is we got too many people fighting over titles. They're all about their attention driven and not purpose driven. They want, they want a platform. They're so caught up in this reality sector that we're living in till that's where their mindset is. They're not looking to actually influence as, as much as they are to be in front of people. And, and that's the scary, that's a real, real scary, scary place to be. And then you have so many of us where I have literally heard people in church, they don't want to be bothered with teens. I'm like, really? Well, they just don't want to do this and they don't want to do that. Okay. So then you just give up on them. Just give up on them. Really? And then, but then you want to talk with them, talk about them when they over here, uh, rubbing the belly of Buddha or selling bean pies on the street. But then you want to talk about them, but you weren't offering them anything. So, I mean, and that's all part of Michelle will vouch for me. That's all part of our, our business plan in regards to Bible deliverance. We just started, I won't say at the wrong time because nothing for God is at the wrong time. And God is strategic in whatever he's doing. But when we started, we actually had what, three services and then the pandemic hit. So, but that is, let me tell you something, teens and females is, you know, all part of my heart and what I know God has called me to specialize in. And so I would love to hear your input when we get back to actually being able to see each other <laughs> and, and be able to do that. Because if we don't prepare the next generation, what are we doing? Like for real, like what are we doing? You know, huh? They are our future, and and I already I already have my um my my team my min, team ministry director um in my mind, and God had already spoke to me who it's going to be. Right now, she's going through some stuff, and she's gonna have to clean that up for me to put her in the place. It put put her in the place, but that's okay because see, sometimes God gotta work us through a certain amount of testimonies so that we can be effective when he puts us in the place to be used. So I'm, I'm riding God out on that, but I, I know who's going to win in the end. So 
but you know, God, and, and it's so funny because this person has not even actively joined our church, but every time something go wrong, they call me. <laughs> and that's fine too. That's fine too, because it's not about membership. It's not about membership. As long as you human, I, I'll minister to you. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care. It don't matter to me. But it's just so funny. When I first met her, when I first met her, I mean, something just leaped in my heart. And God told me that's her assignment. That is her assignment. And everything that she's going through, God is going to put her in a place where she's going to be transparent enough that she is going to be a huge influence and changing lives. So just let it, sometimes we got to let people walk out their testimony. That's all just walk, walking on out. But um, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of things that we need to take time and get it right. And before everybody came on the line, me and Michelle were talking and I was telling her, uh, we have got to get past. Everybody wants to be so deep. Really? We swimming far enough in it. Let's, let's not be so deep. Let's be focused on being relevant. Let's focus on being impactful. Let's focus on helping people build up something that resonates in their real life that is applicable for them to walk out daily. Because it's not easy. If anybody, if anybody say living as a Christian is easy, they, they, they ain't doing it right. I'm telling you now, because it ain't easy. Because just as sure as the devil is alive, you're going to be tempted. It's not hard. It's not easy to control your flesh all the time. It's not. It's required, but it ain't easy. <laughs> Look, it ain't easy to be nice to people when they, you know, it ain't easy to take the high road all the time. Nor is it very pleasurable because you know some folks you just want to say, ooh, you better be glad I know Jesus. <laughs> and, and, but, but no, look, God, look, the bottom line is God never told us it would be easy. He never did. All he said was, I will never leave you. That's what he said. He didn't tell you it was going to be easy. And I'm going to tell you something. If whoever you got out there that's, that's quote unquote living their best life, they're living their best life because they're not on the side of God. I, I can tell you that right now. Because see, once you have given your life over to God for real and you serious about this thing, the devil going to mess with you because that's what he's supposed to do. And I don't care how much we sleep on our job. He ain't sleeping on his. So these folks, I, I, I'm laughing and I was talking to my cousin and I was telling her, you know, because she looks at people and she's like, they got this and that and the other. I want to get this. I want to do that. I'm like, let me tell you something. Let me explain something to you, honey. Stop looking at folks and thinking they got it going on because they got stuff. The devil will give you all the stuff you want. That's all he got to give you is stuff. That's all he can offer you is stuff. He can't offer you peace. He can't offer you salvation. He can't offer you love. He can't offer you none of that. The only thing he can offer you is stuff and things to satisfy the feelings of your flesh. Because he cannot even give you anything that will sustain in the emotional aspect of your flesh. Everything that the devil has is superficial. 
And a lot of times, and I don't know if any of you got a chance to read it. I was telling y'all to read um, Rebecca Brown's um, He Came to Set the, Set the Captives Free. She was saying in there as a former Satanist that the devil literally blesses some people just to lure other people because he knows that they are attracted to stuff. So, but we, we kind of, we got a little off topic, but we still on topic all at the same time. Anybody else have any other put input or questions? No, everybody good. Everybody. Michelle, were you going to say something? Yes, ma'am. What did I tell you about the biggest thing about this? That's right. The biggest thing, if you want to take the devil off, talk talk about Jesus and pleading the blood. And But the thing is, and I'm going to tell you this because you're going to run into this all the time. When you have people that are opposed to Christianity, most of the time it's not the Christian doctrine that they are opposed to. They are opposed to Christians because Christians are the worst marketing team for Jesus. I'm telling you, they're the worst. They're the worst. I remember, um, this was years ago. I was, um, I wasn't even in, trust me, I wasn't even in, I wasn't even in the church. Then I was still partying and clubbing, but I had enough Jesus in me that I could minister to somebody and, and go back to doing my thing. But anyway, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. <laughs> but in any case, um, uh, my, my friend up north, they have a nightclub. And so we were out that night hanging out or whatever, whatever. So we were getting ready to leave because our plan was we were going to church the next morning. You know, it doesn't matter if we was clubbing all night. Mind your business, y'all. Mind your business. But anyway, <laughs> so we were telling uh, another girl that was sitting with us that we were leaving because we were getting up and going to church the next morning. And I asked her, Do you want to go to church with us? She said, No, I don't do the church thing. Okay, now I, I may be sinning and doing all. But what? You, what you mean you don't do the church thing? What, what that mean? She said I stopped doing the church thing a long time ago. So she started telling me about the bad experience that she had in church with church people. So I'm sitting there and I'm letting her get it all out. And I said to her, I asked her how long has she known my friend, and so she told me. And I asked her was she married? I said. She said, yes. I said, let me ask you this. If they were to get a divorce, would you get a divorce? She said, no, why would I do that? Their relationship ain't got nothing to do with mine. I said, oh, okay. So the only relationship that you judge based on other people's relationship is your relationship with God. You'll break up with your relationship with God based on other people's relationship with God, but you won't break up your marriage based on other people's marriage breaking up. And she just sat there and looked at me and then she said, I got it. I got it. She went to church with us and she is now, she's been back in church faithful now, just those simple words. 
again, getting back to what me and Michelle was saying at the beginning is sometimes you got to bring things to a common sense place. God did not give you common sense just for you. He wants you to use it to save folks. So I had to break. There was no scripture that I could have told her. There was no Bible story that I could have told her to bring her to that revelation. I had to get really personal with her because what we have to really understand is that this whole thing is about people's personal relationship with God. So I had to use the most intimate personal relationship that she had, which was her marriage. And it worked. So that's what I'm telling you in regards to, first of all, when people start talking about Christianity, find out, are you really mad with the doctrine? Is there something about the doctrine of Christianity that you don't understand? Or is it th that you just had bad experience with church folk? Because we, you're going to always have bad experience with church folk. They, they folks. That's all. They humans. That's all. So that, that is what, what my advice would be in regards to that. Get to the root of what it is that they're really mad with. And most of the time, there are people, the people that you do find that got a problem with Christian doctrine, just, just at look, what, which one of the Ten Commandments is you struggling with? What, what sin is it that you want to engage in? That God has stopped. Because that's what it boils down to. What What is it you want to do? What is it? Because I promise you, that is what it is. When it, when it gets down to the nitty gritty, if it ain't about church folks, what is it that God said? And which one of them Ten Commandments just ruffles your feathers? And I promise you. And and once you do that, once you get in the habit of having conversations, it's okay to laugh about God and laugh about Jesus. It is. It really is. He gave us this laughter for a reason, too. So anybody else have anything else to say? Or any input? Nothing? 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 All right. Well, if all hearts and minds are clear, we're going to close out in prayer. And I am going to bid you all a happy evening. I'm not even going to put my administrator on point today, but I did promise y'all that we would never have a service and not extend to you the opportunity to be a blessing to ministry because you all know that giving unto ministry, sowing your seed into good soil is going forth and extending the word of God and that God blesses you for that. So if you want to give, just go to our website, click on the giving tab and, and go forth and giveth. But <laughs> if, I'm going to close out. Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, we just come to you, oh God, thanking you for this wonderful time that we had in your word, God. And we thank you for you being a consistent God, a steady God, an unchanging God, a reliable God. Lord, and we thank you for your favor. We thank you that you, are, you chose to extend favor over fairness. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. For we know that we sin, we're disobedient, and we walk away from your will and your word. But your favor, your favor, God, we give you honor and we give you praise for. Thank you, God. Thank you for your forgiveness, oh God. Thank you for an opportunity to reconcile with you, oh God. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the death on that cross 
and his resurrection, O God. We give you honor and we give you praise, O God. We ask that you cover every household represented on this line today, from the rooftop to the foundation, O God. Fill the walls with your spirit, Holy Spirit, O God. Bless and order the steps of everyone on this call tonight, O God. Let them go forth and fulfill your purpose for their lives. These things we give you honor and we give you praise for. Amen, amen, and amen. You all have a wonderful evening. I'm going to tell you, do not miss Sunday service. Sunday service, I am going to preach um, how, how am I going to put this? <laughs> I am going to preach the most God-filled sermon without scripture ever. Now I'm going to leave that to your imagination. Okay. okay. I'm going to preach the most God-filled sermon without scripture. Now. <laughs> so invite somebody on the line. And I... What'd she say? <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now. I said, Lord, I'm going to put this out there, but it's going to be, yes, it's going to be a very godly sermon without a word of scripture. Okay. Now, now I'm going to let y'all figure out how I'm going to do that. And no, I ain't backslide. <laughs> Y'all, y'all have a very, very good evening. Okay. All right. Love you guys. Bye-bye.